Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. PIMCO publishing its secular outlook, The Aftershock Economy, writing, quote, we see a window to step in as a senior lender in areas once occupied by regional banks, such as consumer lending, mortgage credit, and various forms of asset-based finance. I'm very pleased to say that we can have that conversation now with the man himself, the boss, PIMCO CEO, Manny Roman. Manny, good morning to you. Thanks for having good us. Good morning, Jonathan. Nice to see you. That quote feels like your kind of language. We're going to step in. My first thought when I read that was, why don't you just buy a bank? There's many banks on sale right now. Why don't you just buy a bank? Well, I think there are going to be many assets to buy. And maybe the best way I have to describe it is banks are going to be tight for capital. And when they're tight for capital, they have two ways of solving the problem. They can either raise more capital or they can sell assets. And the most likely scenario is there will be assets to sell in area where we have a big footprint. Mortgages, commercial real estate, bonds, municipal bonds. Dan said that earlier today that he was very keen on mortgages. There'll be mortgages to sell and we'll be there to step in and try to buy them. Are you looking at buying a franchise to do that or is that just something that happens this organically? This is something that we've built over the past 20 years and you know, there's good news and bad news when you have a tougher economic cycle. I think the, the better news is that the expected return goes up and there are significant block of assets to sell. You know, it could be, for example, equipment loans. You know, one of the bank who was very big in equipment loans is out of business. All of a sudden, there's going to be a lot for us to do. I hear this from other people too. I hear Apollo say banks are going to step back. We're going to step back in. How competitive is this going to be? Can you give me some size and scope on how big the pie is going to be? It is going to be competitive because the seller has a fiduciary duty, and there will be enough for some of us to do a lot and put money to work and be patient and wait for the right opportunity to do so. And I think, I think the cycle is usually long. And so there's no rush to put money to work. There is a very disciplined and systematic way to look at the opportunity. And some will look better than the other. It may very well be that the single best asset turns out to be real estate where we have a big footprint. Or it may very well be that it turns out to be commercial real estate and you know, mortgages in this whole segment. And, and commercial real estate out. is something you've brought up and I've heard it from Dan. I spoke to Mark about it just moments ago. Should I be worried about commercial real estate? Can you talk me, just take me into the halls of this place, this building. Have you all sat around a table, gone through every single portfolio and thought about what you don't want exposure to right now related to this one particular sector? Well, I think we have and I think, I think we've seen the playbook before and it is everything else being equal a slow cycle. So the banks will look at the portfolio and slowly but surely mark the books. I think you have a microstructure of the commercial real estate market, which is quite different depending on the city, depending on the places. Some places are clearly tested. Some of them are doing just fine. I mean, you can look at Austin, for example. You're hard pressed to find an empty office in Austin. And the overall trend is going to be that people somehow come back to work one way or the other. But there's a transition period where, for sure, there will be distressed seller 
and people who have the wrong financing. And I think the financing part is really, really important because it's one of the segments where we're very involved and people have borrowed short term in the past with very low rates, all of a sudden the financing is expiring, spreads are higher, and of course, rates are much higher, and so they will need to address the situation either by selling or by refunding at more attractive terms for us. Clearly this business is going to change compared to what it was several decades ago. We've had a multi-decade bond bull market. Most people assume that's now over based on the last 12 <laughs> months. Can you tell me how this business will be different with that in mind, what you need to position for now versus what this firm was positioned for in the previous several decades? Well, the very big change, and Dan mentioned this before, is generative AI and how technology can change our business. And think, for example, about, about the real estate market. We can hire 100 people to go from city to city and kind of look at every single lease or every single property, or we can use technology to give us a better grasp of where the alpha is and where we think the opportunity is. When we think about communication with client, we can invest significantly in generative AI and actually give a better risk report, better customized report to clients, and so on and so forth. And I think it's incredibly exciting. I see the work that we do with OpenAI and Microsoft as important as the birth of the internet. I mean, it is, it is that, it is that. You think that, it's that powerful? It is that powerful and it will change your job also. Change your job too, potentially. <laughs> yeah, no, no, of course, of course. I mean, I mean, in a good way. I think it will make us more, more productive. And I think that's a really, really good thing. Is that a challenge to your secular outlook? I in think on a, super secular, on a super secular basis, everything else being equal, I think it means rates are lower. But it also, I think you should say that with a humongous amount of humble pie, in a sense that the, that the dispersion of event is going to be very big and we don't know what we don't know, and it's easy for me to make prediction about what will happen 10 years from now, chances are that I'd be very wrong. But it is quite exciting, and, 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 and we've tried to get everyone in PIMCO to play with ChatGPT and fam familiarize themselves with, we need to embrace technology. And the reality is it's a very competitive market. Every single day, I think Dan and I ask ourselves, why do we think we can generate higher return than passive? Why do we think we can generate better returns than our competitor? Every bit helps, technology is one of them. And I think we need to embrace it and have the course to stay and keep on investing significantly over the business cycle. And that's a competitive edge and a barrier to entry just like everything else. Let's measure success, AUM. Over the last 10 years, and let's go back a decade, PIMCO was at about $2 trillion AUM. Not too far away from the likes of BlackRock. BlackRock's AUM since then has, has more than doubled. The AUM here is... Steady. Steady, with some volatility, tons of volatility along the way, but it's basically unchanged in the last decade. What do you think that reflects? It reflects the decision we made is that we try to be very focused and do one thing and do it very well. And I think we went through a period of time where maybe fixed income wasn't as attractive as it is right now. And we, we have the view that if we perform, if we significantly beat the passive benchmark, if we do better than our peers, they will come. And we don't measure our success by the amount of assets we, we have, we measure our success by the returns we give to our investors in what is a very competitive market. And so, and so, and so the, 
the, the real sin of asset manager is to try to be bigger for the sake of being bigger because of economy of scale. We so don't do that. It's not a goal, just to be clear. It's not a goal. It's not a goal We're at here all. to perform with the money we've been entrusted. And if we do a good job, we'll be fine. Well, let's talk about that good job. There have been a couple of difficulties. I want to talk about one specific name, which is Columbia Property Trust. What do I need to know about that? What happened? Can you just give me a better idea of what happened there? Well, I think, I think for obvious reasons, we don't specifically comment on, on names, but of course we have a big portfolio of assets across the globe, and when you have a recession, some are gonna be doing less well, and we're gonna work on trying to, bet, to get the best possible outcome. And the reality of fund management is you have, at any point in time, things doing great and things doing less great, and, and we focus on the one doing less, less great and making sure we have the best possible outcome. So is that just a reflection of being so big that you're across everything, or was that a canary in the coal mine on a certain issue at a certain time? No, I think it's a reflection of us having a diverse portfolio, and I think you heard uh, one of my uh, competitor at Milken saying that very yeah. uh, well, saying that when you have a big real estate portfolio at any point in time, not everything is going to do great. And I think we're willing to do that as long as the net result for our investors is going to be the right one. There's and I one, think that's what matters. One last issue that we need to discuss as well, and I understand that perhaps you can't offer a great degree of clarity and detail because of litigation issues, but you know what name's going to come up in conversation now, Credit Suisse. Now, I just wonder from your perspective, the future of the 81 market, contingent convertibles, after the events of the last couple of months, as a firm, and if you don't want to talk directly about that institution, we don't have to, but as a firm, have you rethought about that particular class of securities? Well, the banks, the banks, especially in Europe, have a big need to issue 81 as a way to raise enough equity to pass the stress test. And so there needs to be clear rule of engagement from both the banks and the regulator. And you've seen in the recent months, the Bank of England and the ECB being incredibly vocal about what they think the rules of the game are and what a well-functioning market has to offer to make it attractive for investors to participate. And if the rules of the game are attractive and the price is right, you'll see plenty of people coming into this market and PIMCO will be one of them. And if the rules of the games are biased or unclear or at the expense of investors, then maybe we'll decide to step out of it. Do you think they're biased and unclear now? Depends on the jurisdiction. We have welcomed the comments made by the ECB and the Bank of England. Manny, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Thank Jonathan. you for hosting us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We've got to do this again next year as well. Manny Ryman there, the PIMCO CEO. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.